Um, so yeah, but um, it's good to see you. <laughs> it's good to see you. And uh, if you don't know me, I'm Steve. I'm married to Tammy, and uh, we have the joy and privilege of helping to lead this church family together. Um, today we're starting a new series for the year. We're going to be journeying uh, through the Old Testament story of the Exodus. And uh, we're calling this series An Invitation to a Journey. And uh, So if you've got a Bible, uh, you might want to put your finger in Exodus chapter 13 and 14. Uh, we're going to be dipping out in and out in a couple of verses there uh, this morning. Now, maybe uh, we've never thought about this before. Important to point out um, from the outset of this this um, series that we're going on is that there's a real difference uh, between arriving and journeying. There's a difference between arriving at our destination and the journey we take to get there. And, and that's really what's at the heart of uh, our focus, that as we walk through the story of the Exodus together over the next few weeks, we want to look at the importance of journey. Some of you um, will be familiar with the Ewan McGregor, Charlie Borman TV series, The Long Way Round, um, a few years ago now. But in 2004, uh, they went from London to New York eastwards on motorcycles. And so they went through Europe, Russia, Asia, Alaska, and then down through uh, the United States. They went the long way around, uh, hence the name of the show. Um, uh, then in 2007, they did the long way down. So they went from Scotland all the way to uh, South Africa. Some of you may have seen that. And then more recently during lockdown, uh, you probably saw the long way up uh, where they went from Argentina through uh, uh, Central and Southern America into Los Angeles. Um, and they did that on electric motorcycles as well. Um, it's it's binge-worthy TV if you haven't watched it, okay? So if you've got like, I don't know, 25 hours to kill um, and you've got nothing else better to do, then I'd, I'd encourage you to just um, watch one of those. Uh, really good fun if you have watched them. It's worth a rewatch, just to say. Um, but the, the compelling thing about each of those series, whatever journey they took, um, wasn't the, isn't the fact that they reached their destination, having ridden the world on motorcycles. Now, you know, that is a feat in itself, isn't it? To circle the world on a motorbike. Uh, but the compelling thing about those shows is actually the journey that they go on. It's the experience they have. It's the, the places they see, the, the people they meet, and the impact that we as the audience uh, see, we see happen to them, the impact that the, the journey has on their lives. And you see, it's the journey that... Because there is a difference, isn't there, between arriving at our destination and the journey that we take to get there. I'm sure we've all heard it said that life is a journey, and in that respect, it's a journey that we're all on. We're all on that journey together. And sometimes that journey is frustrating. Sometimes that journey feels impossible. 
uh, and feels like hard work. Sometimes like kids who have been locked up in a car for a long time, uh, we can find ourselves asking, are we there yet? For the past 20 plus months, uh, we've all been on a journey. And, and let's be honest, it's not been easy. Uh, we've constantly heard words like unprecedented or um, uncertainty. Uh, life in its predictable nature has often been quite ambiguous. And I'm sure we've all longed, haven't we, for this season to end and for us to get back to what we define as normal, what we consider to be normal. And just when we think things are returning to normal, there's another wave. And, and when the journey's hard, uh, we're often left with this kind of ache inside where we think, is this journey ever going to end? Will we ever reach the other side? Will we reach our destination? Are we nearly there yet? Is often the, the, the words that come out of our hearts. And also, not only do we look back over the season that we've been on, the journey that we've been on, but we also look forward, you know, to 2022 and beyond. And as we journey this next season as a church family, as many of you will know, we are journeying into a season of transition and change. Transition as Tammy and I get ready to hand over the leadership of this church community to for, and make way for new leaders to be raised up. And in the midst of that, it would, it would be normal for us as a community to wonder, what's this journey going to be like for us as a church? How is this transition going to go? Maybe, maybe you're thinking, how are we supposed to navigate another change? You know, when we think about the last couple of years of our lives as a church together, how can we face another change as well? Uh, maybe you're thinking, I just want things to kind of settle down and be predictable for a season. That's the temptation, isn't it? Let's just make things as predictable as we possibly can. And so in many ways, a teaching series like this one is an invitation to all of us in a season particularly of change and transition. Uh, it's an invitation to embrace the journey uh, and for all of us to understand afresh how God is at work in the journey, forming and shaping us along the way. You see, the truth is God doesn't promise us a wonderful ending with, with eternity in heaven. He promises to be near us whilst uh, we're in the messy, muddy journey of in between here and there. As we, uh, as followers of Jesus, uh, the journey that we're invited into is a journey of transformation, not destination. It's, it's a journey of transformation. And so as we set out on this journey together, and as we revisit the story of the Exodus. I just want to start this morning by highlighting three invitations I believe God makes to us as we think about embarking on a journey together. We see it in, in how 
the Israelites responded to the journey that they took. And so the first invitation is this, an invitation to transformation. An invitation to transformation. And this is really important for us to understand, especially in a season of change and transition. If we're constantly looking for some idealized vision of the future destination, or if we're constantly thinking about the moment when we finally arrive, uh, the truth is we will be disappointed. Why? Because there's no one point in arrival that satisfies us. Arrival doesn't, doesn't, never delivers what we hope. You know, COVID-19 could be totally eradicated, and that would be a good thing, wouldn't it? It would solve one problem. But there's still thousands more problems to be faced. The perfect job offer might tick the box right now, would it? but it won't complete uh, your soul satisfaction long term. Nor will the perfect partner or the perfect family, nor the next achievement that you're working towards. All good things in themselves, but they will never fully satisfy our souls. What we see in the story of the Exodus uh, will show us that it's only uh, the only constant thing that's lasting is God's constant transforming presence. His constant transforming presence. God with us, in our midst, in the midst of it, with us in the journey. And we need to understand that from the start. We, uh, whatever journey that we find ourselves on, uh, personally right now, God is with us. God is with us. This is the heart of the, our faith, isn't it? It's the heart of the Christian message that we are people of incarnation, that, that God has put on flesh and he's moved into our neighborhood. He's come and, and dwelt amongst us. And so whatever journey we're on, whether, whether we're on a I'm single and I want to be married journey, or whether we're on I'm battling with my mental health journey, or some kind of critical illness, or, or even if we're on a journey where we're finding ourselves running away from God. Whatever journey we're on, no matter what path we're on, we have to acknowledge God's constant presence amongst us. As the psalmist says in Psalm 139, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I raise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the seas, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. God's presence is amongst us. He's, his transforming presence is here. So as we consider all of that, let me just give you some questions to ponder. What journey do you find yourself on today? Um, help, to help you think about that, what worries or plans fill your mind every night before you fall asleep? 
What life questions are you trying to sort through? What for you personally lays heavy on your heart at different times? And as you think about those sorts of questions, can can you name the stage of the journey you are on? And in the midst of that, present in the midst of it all. And not only is he constantly present, but he is also a transforming presence, transforming us into the person he's made us to be. And we see that God's transforming presence is all through the scriptures. Uh, we're told in 2 Corinthians and chapter 5 that if we are in Christ, we are a new creation. The old has gone, the new is here. And it's that journey of everyday, of our everyday lives where we are learning to walk in that new create, creation identity. It's where we're learning to deal with our sin and selfishness. It's where we're learning to deal with our egos, where we're learning to practice loving others as we love ourselves. It's it's where we're practicing repentance and, and forgiveness. And so in many ways, the invitation in this in this time is is to let go of our need to arrive at our destination and focus instead on how God might want to transform us on the journey. That we let go of this innate need to think, I need to get there. And we think, you know what? No, I'm going to embrace the journey that's before me. I'm going to embrace the journey that I'm on. And so as we pick up on these themes in in Exodus chapter 13 and 14, we're invited to loosen our grip and to give up control this morning. And as we do that, we see the second invitation that I've got for us this morning. And that's the invitation to trust God. An invitation to trust God first is trusting ourselves. The story of the Exodus begins with Moses, who, who calls, um, who's called back to Egypt um, by God uh, to rescue his people. Uh, at first, Moses is reluctant to go. And when he finally does, uh, there's plagues, there's panic, there's unkept promises, there's life and death chases, and finally, this miraculous crossing of the sea. And if this was a Hollywood movie, uh, this is probably where the, the story should end. Okay, this is where the story should stop. But it doesn't end there. The, the journey continues with a 40-year worth of wondering. Uh, if you think about it, the Exodus story is really the, wor- the world's worst road trip. <laughs> Can you imagine it? Uh, you know, history's worst escape plan. Uh, <laughs> we're going to wander around the desert for... 40 years. And uh, and what we see, particularly with the people of God as they 
wander around the wilderness is this continual cycle of God's people calling out to him, complaining, God listening, God responding and rescuing him, the people celebrating God's goodness. And then they go back to complaining and it all starts again. Um, and so Moses, he, he leads the Israelites out of Egypt uh, after Pharaoh has, has been convinced uh, to let them go following a series of devastating plagues. You've all seen the cartoon, haven't you? So you all know the story. Um, and, and, and so we pick up in verse 17 of Exodus 13. It says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road for the Philistine country, though it was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their mind and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road towards the Red Sea. The very first thing that happens is that God protects his people by instructing them to take the long way round instead of the shortcut. And in the midst of this, they have to trust that, that God knows the best way forward on what will end up being a very long journey to the promised land. And, and the truth is, is that our invitation to trust God is about trusting him on the long road. Trusting him on the long road. On one level, uh, the route that God sends them on makes no sense. It, it would be like me inviting you to, you know, take a walk from Northampton to Birmingham via London. It just makes, it makes no sense. But God knew that the short road was more dangerous. And so he led them along the long road. And the truth is, this lesson in Scripture uh, is taught over and over again. So often, you know, we want to get to the place that we want to get to as quickly as we possibly can. Yet God often leads us on the long way, because the long way is where we grow and mature as his people. And, and, and the truth is often the only way out is the way through. The only way out is the way through. We can't leapfrog maturity. Uh, we can't speed up character. Uh, we can't speed through growing in the fruits of the Spirit in our lives. And, and, and often we, we scheme, don't we, our way through life uh, to hopefully somehow avoid the struggles of waiting or having to be struggle with that. We, we fight against that. And it's so tempting to think that we can fast track our journey to being mature, to being uh, fulfilled, to being happy, being satisfied, but we can't. You see, it takes, if we take the shortcut, we actually cut short the deep, transforming work that God wants to do in all of our lives. You see, God sent the Israelites the long way round because he knew if they took the shortcut, it would be dangerous for them. It would be detrimental to them. We can't fast track the invitation to trust God on the long road, uh, where the deep work of 
becoming his disciple takes place, where, where it's often hard, where, where it, it often takes time, where it's often longer than we would like. We can't fast track that. We can't circumvent that. We can't avoid that. Let's take another look at verse 17. It says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though it was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. See, another temptation uh, on the journey is that God calls us, um, is, is, is the temptation to give up, uh, the temptation to turn back to what's familiar. You know, the, the Apostle Paul talks about this in, in his New Testament letters to the early church. He says, uh, he, he constantly reminds us not to return to our old way of life, but to hold fast to our new life in Christ. And isn't that true, uh, particularly in journeys where we know it will lead to significant change and transformation? We will face the temptation to give up. When things are hard, we will fall back to what is familiar. Anyone who's ever started a new exercise regime or diet plan knows this to be true. In fact, you're living it right now. Uh, at least 50% of you, you know, may have set some goals this year to do certain things. And what happens? You know, you start off, you're, you know, you're going to the gym every day and you're, you're feeling alive and you're you know, you're liquidizing cucumbers and all sorts of things. And, you know, it's all going great. And then what happens? You, you sleep in one day or you eat something that you probably shouldn't have eaten like I did last night. And, um, and what do you do? You give up. You give up. You fall back to what's familiar. Uh, you fall back to the status quo. You see, the story of the Exodus is going to show us time and time again that God's people wanted to give up. They quickly moved from celebrating God's provision to doubting him and complaining. And the truth is we're no different. And in many ways, this series is going to be a lesson in staying the course, a lesson in trusting God and staying the course. It also reminds us that sometimes we will often willingly fall back to a really horrible situation because in some weird, twisted way, we prefer that to the long road of transformation. You've probably observed it. If you haven't seen it in your own life, you've observed it in others. People will go back to horrible situations because they think somehow that will be better than the long, hard work of transformation. It's ludicrous, isn't it? It's, it's, it's silly, but we do that all the time. You know, the Israelites were only a little way in and already complaining and wishing they were still slaves in Egypt. How stupid is that? Because they didn't want to go on this journey, because this journey felt too much, too overwhelming. But when we get weary on the long road, which we, we do, we need to remember we have God's Spirit residing in us, the Holy Spirit residing in us, 
which is really at the, the heart of our third invitation this morning, an invitation to see God's power. And so we have an invitation to transformation. We have an invitation uh, to trust God. And there's an invitation to see God's power. If you flick over to chapter 14, you know, after letting the people go, Pharaoh has a change of mind and he sends his armies chasing after the Israelites uh, where they find themselves trapped between the sea Uh, that they can't pass, and the army chasing after them. And so verse 10 of chapter 14, it says, As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. And so again, we see this move, didn't take long, towards complaining and this temptation to fall back and this cycle where they've celebrated God's liberation. And that shifted again towards complaining and distrust. And Moses responds to them in verse 13. He says, don't be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, uh, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And those of us who are familiar with this story will know God instructed Moses to to raise his staff uh, at the shore of the Red Sea and uh, the sea parts, the Israelites pass through. And once they're on the other side, Moses does his party trick again and the sea closes and uh, the, uh, the Egyptians are, are, are drowned in the Red Sea. And in verse 29, it says this, it says, the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water to the right and to the left. That day, the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians laying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. You see, God's promise is not to invite us on a journey and then leave us there. He doesn't invite us and then forget about us. See, he doesn't invite us and get fed up of our complaining and abandon us. We're not alone in our journey. We're not alone, you know, if it's a journey of singleness. We're not alone if it's a journey where we're trying to figure out what it means to be husband and wife. We're not alone uh, in a journey where we're seeking to raise our kids in what feels like an uncertain world. Uh, We're not alone in our temptation. We're, We're not alone in our anger or fear or anxiety. God is with us and he tells us not to be afraid, to stand firm, to be still. To be still and allow his power to go before us. As as God said to the Apostle Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. 
My power is made perfect in your weakness. You know, after the past 20 plus months, that all of us have been through, none of us are immune to the last 20 months. Many of us are at a juncture in our journey where we feel weak. We feel depleted, uh, uh, that we've come to the end of ourselves. Many of us will be tempted in this next bit of time to try and take shortcuts or to give up or to give in or or just want to, to move on from all the disruption and pain. And as we continue to journey this out, because we all know it's not over yet, it's going to be tempting to retreat to our own little corners uh, instead of staying connected with one another, even when it's difficult. And we'll be tempted to take shortcuts. We'll be tempted to opt for simplistic solutions rather than doing the long, hard, deep work ahead of us. You see, the journey of following Jesus, in some ways, it's, it's as simple as left foot, right foot, isn't it? Left foot, right foot. And sometimes that's a bit of a fast pace. Sometimes it's a little bit slower. Uh, and most of the time we need to stop and take a nap. Um, um, but nevertheless, following Jesus is that in the midst of following him, in the midst of journeying with him, is that we would know him. That we would know him and we would trust him. Uh, That we would rely on his grace, that we would rely on his power in the midst of whatever journey he's taken us on. And the truth is, and I'm sure we'll see this in the coming weeks as we journey through this narrative, is that the way out is the way through. The way out is the way through. And as I said, the the journey we take is so much more important than the destination that we'll arrive at. What, What we do on the journey, what happens to us on the journey is so much more important than the destination itself. And so today, as we start this series, do we hear the voice of God inviting us to journey with him again in this season? You know, as we step into a brand new year, as we contemplate the changes and transitions ahead of us as a church family, do we hear again God's voice inviting us, come and journey with me, come with me, and and, and are we prepared, as we step into that journey with the Lord, to rely wholeheartedly on him? To rely on him uh, to guide us uh, and, and, and to be with us, be present amongst us, to be transforming us, to be forming us uh, in his power? Are we ready for the gift? journey ahead. I sometimes think I'm not, Lord. I'm not ready for the journey ahead. Are we ready for the journey ahead? And so if we are, why don't don't we stand and um, we'll pray.
So we're just going to wait on the Lord's presence now and invite the Holy Spirit to come. Um, it doesn't mean to say he's not already here. We just, we're taking a moment to just surrender ourselves to his presence again. And corporately, as his people, just either physically or metaphorically holding our hands out to him and saying, Lord, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray that um, that we would hear your invitation again this morning to journey with you. At the start of a new year, the start of a, a season of change and transition, Lord, we, we say we commit ourselves again to journey with you for, a, for another year, another season. And Lord, we commit ourselves to the, the long journey with you. And Lord, we confess our temptation to want to fast track. And we confess our temptation to want to make life easy and to get to the place where we want to be as quickly and as easily as we possibly can. And we confess that to you, Lord, and we say, forgive us. And help us again, Lord, to just commit to the journey you want to take us on. A journey of change and transformation, Lord. And I think there's, there's possibly there's some of us this morning who you're just weary Maybe it's this last season and the effects of this last season have just have created a weariness in you. And you recognize that you're in that place where you could check out of the journey right now and you could just return to what's familiar. You could just return to what's easy. And that's the temptation right now. You know that that's, that's the place that you're at. I could just... I just can retreat now. This is too hard. I don't want to do this. It's too difficult. I'd rather be a slave in Egypt than do this. And it's just a moment to just once again to say, okay, God, but I receive your grace for this season. Lord, help me to journey with you again. Help me to step back into the journey. Help me to keep in step with you, right foot, left foot. Come, Lord. 
just going to wait. I just feel like there's one, maybe one last group of people, and that is, um, you know, for you, the journey is feeling quite difficult at the moment, and actually that's a new experience. Um, I'm not saying you've had a sheltered life or anything like that, um, but actually there's, a, there's pain you've not experienced before in the season that you now find yourself in. And that's new to you. And it's unnerving, it's unsettling, it's, it's knocked you off course. And, and again, I just feel like there's a, this is a moment just to respond to the Lord and just bring that before him. That we would hold on to this picture that actually the long journey is one of transformation and formation. And sometimes that's so hard to see when it feels painful and hard and in the moment. So, Father, we just pray that you would do your work amongst us as a people, Lord. That as we go on this journey over the next six, seven weeks, that you would just lead us as journeyers people who journey with you, who commit ourselves to the, the process, that you just be upon us as your people, we pray, in this season ahead. That you guide us and lead us. Take us by the hand. Remove the obstacles, Lord. And journey with us, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. If you would like someone to pray with you this morning, uh, then we'd love to make space for that. So do come and come to the front. It's probably the easiest indicator or just grab someone you trust and say, hey, pray for me. Uh, but we'd love to pray for you this morning. If you've got kids in kids ministry, then it is now time to get them. And, and as Tammy said, if you are new this morning, we'd love to say hi to you uh, before you leave this morning. So some of us will be out on the landing uh, to say hello. But have a great week. And we'll see you all again next Sunday.